In the grand theater of life, we all seek a comeback, a resurgence, a rekindling of our inner fire. But how do we spark that flame? Welcome to Reignite Resilience. This is not just another podcast. This is a journey, a venture into the heart of human spirit, the power of resilience, and the art of reigniting our passions. Welcome back to part two of our two-part interview with Mary Jo Wiggins. We are so excited to have you back with us. We are going to continue to dive into Mary Jo's personal story. She has shared how maintaining a positive growth mindset and having a sense of normalcy, a fabulous community, and faith be the anchor that continued to carry her through the valleys that she was navigating through. But what's next? What's in store for Mary Jo? Let's hear and find out. Well, Mary Jo, you talk about having faith and trust and just the next step. You are in Tennessee now, but just that journey to get to Tennessee. I would imagine that you had a tremendous amount of faith and trust in making that trek. And then life changed again. I mean, then this is this is before your diagnosis of cancer. Yeah. Talk to us about that. I'd love to hear about that. Well, even when you were asking like kind of the whole what made you get up and keep going, I'd even go back to, you know, it doesn't always have to be something as extreme as cancer. You know, I went through a divorce that I didn't see coming. And that I followed that first husband, (laughs) that guy. I followed that guy here to Nashville, you know, on total blind faith. You know, it was out of the blue. Hey, move to Nashville. Okay. You can tell I like adventure. Like, sure, we can do that. You know, less than a year later, I found out that was not what I thought it was. So, you know, as my cousin says, he just forgot to stop dating. <laughs> oh, that's a key piece. When you get married, you should stop dating other people. <laughs> and so I was only in Nashville for about a year. And I thought, when I found out that there were multiple, you know, yeah. I remember thinking, I'm going to go back to Wisconsin. I'm going to change my name back to my maiden name. And we're just going to brush this off. And mm-hmm. this never happened. It was probably the next day. I mean, that was maybe a couple days I thought, you know, it happened and you can mm-hmm. change your name back and you can move, but it still happened. It, it still doesn't happened. change the story. The narrative is still there. Yeah, It doesn't. And I felt there's got to be a reason I ended up in Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, yeah. other than the fact that I had two names. Yes. <laughs> Gr- and in Nashville, you could use yeah. any of them. It, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of people that have two names, you know, yes. Yes. The, du- yes. the double name. When I was growing up, people said, you know, with Mary Jo, are you from the South? And I said, no. And they said, do you live on a farm? I said, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, at least this way I got close to the South. Exactly. There you, there you go. I really did just kind of think God has a plan. Again, I wasn't being punished. I didn't do anything wrong. What happened to me happened to me. And you mm-hmm. got to just keep moving on because there's some plan. So I always thought I needed the person I was really meant to be must be in Nashville. And my husband actually is a native Nashvillean, which is really hard these days. Like you don't come across many that. people from Nashville anymore that are here in Nashville. So that was definitely the reason I needed to be in Nashville was for my husband, Todd. And Love then... It. I still even think about it now with Vanderbilt University being an amazing medical center that is aggressively treating this disease. Yeah. I feel like that's a whole nother reason that I needed to get to Nashville. So, you know, I can resent what happened to me, but I can't resent, you know, that it happened at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you can be disappointed about a divorce and I'm disappointed in, you know, the person who made promises that didn't keep them. 
Mm-hmm. But I can be grateful for the fact that I made it to Nashville because mm-hmm. yeah. I want to have the life that I have. Yeah. yeah, it's all been part of your journey. Yeah, Beautiful. and that's such a. And it, I mean, the amount of time that you spend in those valleys is what I'm trying to say. So mm-hmm. I think I combined all of those words. Like the amount of time that you spend in those valleys, or mm-hmm. how quickly you pivot out of those valleys, is yeah. I think it's detrimental or it's pivotal in terms Mm -hmm. of your ability to overcome that adversity that you're facing. So like you said, you had, you had reached a crossroad. You could either go back to what was comfortable and familiar. I mean, less than a year, I wouldn't imagine that Nashville was home. It felt like home. Right. Yeah. You didn't have the sense of community. You didn't have the family support Mm -hmm. and you could have just turned back or you had the option of owning where you were And then taking control and writing that narrative. Like you were going to be the master of yourself. This is what I'm going to look like moving forward. Yeah, 100%. And I think what you said is so important about how long do you let yourself be in that valley? Yeah. Because the reality is you're going to get smacked with something at some point in life. And it's not a contest, you know, what's worse, right? I mean, I now have friends that say, oh, I shouldn't be complaining in front of you. But it's not a contest, you know, whose valley is the lowest, right? It's how long you choose to really see it as a valley or, you know, just get yourself out of it. And I'm not saying it's easy, but, but think about things like your faith and know that you're not alone. You are comforted. You know, you can do this and think about your community and your family and your friends. I mean, they don't want you down there. So don't, don't hang out down there. Yes. Um, Yeah. It's just, it, it is a conscious effort, but I do also believe if you incorporate that into everything that you do in life, it's not quite as hard. I mean, I will say sometimes people say like, well, I don't know how you have such a good attitude. I'm like, I don't know any other way. Yeah. Yeah. But not because I only know it in this moment, but, I think your whole life, if you continue to build that muscle, I mean, it's easier it's there. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. you're not trying to find it for the first time at your worst time. If you have this power of positivity and that if something, you know, I mean, little things throughout the whole day, someone's going to come in and make some snide comment or not like some work you turned in or something. And I mean, if you let that ruin your day, you're going to have a lot of bad days. Exactly. <laughs> More bad days than good ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. exactly. So, I mean, even in the most tiniest little pieces of, you know, yeah. opportunity in our life, it's, boy, you got to pick yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you've always had kind of a positive outlook on life. Does that come from your faith? Does it, how did you come across that? Like, was it your family? What, what? Yeah, what I think it's to gotta, be, I think it's gotta be my family and. Yeah. You know, the way I was, I mean, very, you know, middle class, Green Bay, you know, easy place to grow up. And I had good friends, my family, and I would say even particularly my dad's side, they're just a fun, fun group of people to always be by. And yeah. humor is important. And I, and I learned probably a lot of, you know, humor from my dad's side. So I think that's part of it. And for sure, faith. I grew up going to Catholic school for 12 years and I've always had religion as part of my life. But I think of it sometimes even more important than religion. It's just a relationship with somebody that you really trust that you know is looking out for you and loves you. And and I have that in my faith. Love it. Yeah. 
Beautiful. Now you have three teenagers. So how have you navigated that and your mindset around your kids? Technically, my oldest is no longer a teenager. This okay. is slightly outdated. My son okay. turns 18 <laughs> this Saturday. And Yay. my kids are 18, 19, and 20. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So you're on the head. You're on the edge. You're on the edge. Yeah. I love and, it. and next month my oldest will turn 21. So on Saturday, you will have three adults. Just and you're yes, and welcome to a whole new chapter. Part. Whole new chapter. <laughs> Natalie and I are pretty much in that chapter. We're so. there. Yes. That's the scary part that technically they're all adults. We've been incredibly blessed that they are good kids and they are healthy and they're really fun. And so you know, with them all being so close in age, we've just had a lot of fun always their whole growing up, you know, being able to do things together because they've always been in that same point in life. We had one year that they were all in high school together. So, you know, that was really fun. Three out of the four years of high school, they represented. Next year, they will all be at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville together. Oh my gosh. I love it. The same college for one year. And through my diagnosis, I tell people this, and I mean this in a good way, teenagers are really egocentric. So part of the good thing is that they kind of think about themselves. (laughs) And so that was good. I think it was probably hardest on my daughter who was in college at the time when I was diagnosed because she wasn't home. And my other two that were home saw me going away on the weekend to go do a half marathon. They saw me going to work on Friday. I mean, I was hooked up to chemo and I would come to the office. Part of my chemo was a 48 hour drip. I'd be hooked up. I'd have my little pump and a fanny pack and off I'd go. And so, you know, I think they, the ones that, you know, my two kids at home saw me doing just fine. I mean, this shouldn't always matter. And not everybody's this lucky. I didn't lose my hair. So something as simple as that, my kids didn't look at me and think, you know, that I was sick. I actually gained weight through all of since my diagnosis, just with not being as fit. So not being able to work out and exercise as much. So I don't look, you know, I don't look really gaunt and sick. I'd like to lose a few pounds, but I'm grateful. So I didn't look sick. I didn't act sick. My kids did really well through it. It was hard. Chemo and COVID didn't go well together because winter months, I couldn't eat on a patio and I wasn't really supposed to be in restaurants because it's the one place, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone's coughing and you're so close to everybody. So there were things, there were some things that we couldn't do, you know, that I didn't do very much, if at all, you know, initially, but of course, you know, as the pandemic kind of eased up and as I got stronger in and out of surgery or chemo, we kind of Mm -hmm. figured it all out together. And I think the longer they saw me doing well, the more confidence that they had that things were okay. That's Uh, awesome. And so the egocentric piece, that's, uh, I guess, for the two younger ones, it was more, they were still focused on their experience. I mean, everything in high school is monumental. So right, you want to go to the football games, the dances, you know, spending weekends at their friends' houses, and it was all fine. You know, they were great. And they knew, I mean, like I said, my down weekends, uh, you know, I'd be sitting on the couch. Coincidentally, a lot of my treatment was in fall and winter. So I'm just watching football on the weekends. And so, you know, hanging out on the couch seemed okay. But I didn't need like their constant attention or help. Mm -hmm. So I'm grateful there wasn't a burden on them to be taking care of me. They were also old enough to take care of themselves. So I didn't have to take care of them when I wasn't feeling well. It just, 
we were really lucky. We're really yeah. lucky that they're good, independent kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I did well. I mean, it's yeah. still scary for them, you know, yeah. when they hear of other kids with parents that get diagnosed. It's not a club anybody wants to be part of, but they've well, done really well. We're really proud of them. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think your drive to keep things normal mm-hmm. helps mm-hmm. them because that to them, it was, it was, oh, this is just mom. It's just kind of this new thing, but it's not this dramatic change. So that was probably really impactful for them. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think they tell you that. Yeah, Yeah. that is amazing. We talk about gratitudes quite a bit on this show. And that's, I mean, Mary Jo, what you just did was like just identifying those things that you were still grateful for as you were navigating through. And and I know that you say like, you know, the treatment was okay. And that's all t- for you just in your own journey as you were going through treatment. And that's 2020, right? That's 2020 hindsight because every day, every week could be completely different. And as you're going through it, you don't know that. But now that you've come out on this side and you're going through this next chapter of treatment, The thing is, for me, I'm not in the clear by any means, but you have to kind of live like you are and you have to, you do what you have to do to keep scanning and praying and eating. I mean, I I think of sleep and nutrition and exercise is really probably my most important job. Um, And I need to make time for all of that. Sometimes I do it well in over a span and sometimes I get a lot of, you know, things get in the way, but you do have to keep that that gratitude that I can still keep doing what I'm doing. And I don't know what the next, you know, phase of treatment looks like. We know we still have to treat my lungs. So I've had surgery on my liver twice. And then again, grateful to be in Nashville at Vanderbilt because I had, it's a little bit bigger than a hockey puck, but it's got a rounded shape at the top that looks like a UFO and it's a metal implant okay. that is in my abdomen and it's got catheter that goes into my liver. And mm-hmm. so after my second liver resection, we were able to put chemo into that pump and it would disperse directly into my liver. Mm-hmm. So the idea was to keep the cancer from coming back from my liver. That was my biggest risk. Yeah. So I did 29 rounds of systemic chemo, but I was also getting these mass, after my that surgery, I was getting these massive doses of chemo directly into my liver and my liver did well with it. So that was great. Not every patient could make it through the whole level of treatment without the liver starting to not like it so much. So now it's down to my lung and we got to get the cancer out of my lung. There's surgery, there's radiation and there's ablation and they all have their own, you know, risks. But again, if I wasn't at a place like Vanderbilt that had some of the best medical attention yeah. and just experts that are just really impressive. And so, you know, that's the next phase is to go through that. I've been through so much. It's not as scary to think about the next, yeah. you know, even yeah. if at some point they say, well, you have to do chemo again. It's like, well, now I know what that feels like. So not as okay, scary. I don't like it. It's It's not fun, but you know what you can do. You know, sometimes the more you go through, you do. It it makes you stronger. So, Mm all right. When is your next race? March 2nd, Zion. So, oh, that'll be beautiful. Yeah. So, we're really excited. 
I hope it's not too cold, <laughs> but we've run. <laughs> Mother cold. nature um, is having an emotional temper tantrum this year. So who knows? No, we're really excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a, a good crew going and it's an uphill race too, ironically. Oh, oh Very slight, very slight, but it is a slight uphill the whole way. So I think when you're running, all you need is slight. I don't think you need like <laughs> gain. I don't know. Oh, no. like you flat. don't want that. We just did Charleston last month. It was flat. Oh, <laughs> that's Absolutely. That is perfect. Well, do you know I, what you want your last race to be? Number 50? Uh, we do. We have all of them mapped out. We have, okay. we have the whole calendar set. And we really were going to have Hawaii be our last one, which will be January of 26. Yes. But we started this 12 and we've grown to 13. There's 13 of us girls that have done those um, Ragnars mm-hmm. together. And they all had some part of it. And we kind of wanted everybody to be there when we did our last date. We wow. thought it would be hard to get all of us to Maui you know, for an extended period of time at the Mm -hmm. same time. But if we picked Napa, this this crew can be wherever the wine is for a long weekend. So exactly. (laughs) I love it. March 26th is our 50th. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. I love it. Oh my gosh. I will say that listening to you talk, I know what you're going through right now, but you would never know it. Just your, your positivity, your energy is just absolutely amazing. Never once did it was woe is me or why did this happen? There was no negativity. It was always just grace and faith and, and trust Mm -hmm. in, and that you're going to be okay. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I do want to make a correction because I didn't get your name from Beth. Beth and I talked about you yesterday. I got your name from uh, Julia Munson, who is a coaching client. She is friends with Beth. And so Beth and I were talking about her and talking about you. And so, yeah, once I said, I was like, no, it's not Beth. (laughs) Julie was here in Nashville for a while. We worked together. She lived down there, just sold real estate down there. and, And now she's out of the area. But she was like, you've got to connect. And yeah. um, I'm so grateful that we did. I'm so and I'm going to make one other. It's not so much a correction as I'll say an update. It's really important to me. And when I think of how I can make good on what I'm going through, the age for colonoscopies is 45. So just mm-hmm. about the time that I was diagnosed, the medical they industry changed. changed because okay. there's way too many of us in our 50s who are getting diagnosed yeah. with really advanced stages. So now if you are 45, put that on your list. Okay. I'm glad that you said that because yeah. it had that changed after I had mine. Cause I like my doctor called me the day after my birthday to say, we need to get to colonoscopy. And I'm like, I've been 50 for less than 24 hours. Can you give me, give me know, a second? Exactly. Um, but yes, I did hear that they recently changed that to 45. So if you have turned 45 and you've not heard from your doctor, reach out to your doctor because this is one of those ones that's kind of a silent one that we don't you don't think about, and, and matter of fact, no. a lot of the cancers are very silent. You have no idea that you have them. And, and luckily, you know, hopefully they can catch it, especially if they've changed the age to 45. Hopefully they're catching it a lot earlier for, for women now and men. And your colonoscopy can actually prevent cancer because if Absolutely. they go in and there are precancerous polyps, they get rid of they them, remove them and you will never get cancer. So it's one of those screenings yes. that not only detects cancer, it can prevent it. Yeah. So and I will it's just not say scary. 
It's not. Um, it's not fun. I'm no, not it's, it's not comfortable. Yes. The, the prep is terrible. Yes. The nap that you get is amazing. Fabulous. <laughs> yes. And that's what I said. I'm like, I can't wait to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. A nap is amazing. But yes. I do say that again, I'm not a doctor. I just really urge people get the colonoscopy. I know there's alternatives now that you can do at home and mail in. Just get the Just get the colonoscopy because <laughs> you, yeah, Perfect. it could save your life. Yeah, so. it'll prevent cancer. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So, any final words that you would like to share with our clients, other than go get a colonoscopy if you're yeah. five years old <laughs> or older and you haven't had yep. one, or have really strange bowel system that you're just not sure about because. Yeah. Ask the questions. Yeah. And that's that's what nobody wants to talk about. Let's normalize that. I think that it's important for us to continue to normalize that. There are so many things that I don't want to just say that women, but um, that's my firsthand experience. But there's so many things that I happen upon in life and and things that we don't talk about openly um, and candidly. And it's like, why didn't anyone tell me this before today? You know, until I have to experience it. So let's normalize that. Your girlfriends are for, right? You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, no, thank you for, you know, giving me that opportunity for, you know, kind of that public service announcement, but also Mm -hmm. just to maybe remind folks, one, lean into your faith. You know, you're never alone if you have your faith. I mean, I've been fortunate to have a a really big circle of friends and a really big circle of family throughout the country. But, you know, have your faith. You do have somebody out there and friends. And actually, Natalie, I love the way you said it about the valleys. Don't hang out in the valleys. (laughs) No. There's too much fun doing good things and fun things. So enjoy those. I love it. I I love it. Well, we wish we send you love and prayers uh, while you're going through this journey. And keep in touch with us. We would love every time you run a race, will you just click a picture at the finish line and share it with us so that we can share it on our page with I people will. so that they can I love that. watch you. And I would love to share the last one that you do yes. with the community in 2026 in Napa. That's March the only of marathon I've run. <laughs> and it's a beautiful oh, it? run. It's a beautiful oh, that's run. fantastic. I'm happy to like record live <laughs> from the finish line if that's what oh. we do. We could meet you there. <laughs> when would I? <laughs> oh, okay. Did, I should preface we have girls that come on our runcations that don't don't sign up for yes, the race. Yes. They're just in charge of finish yep. line refreshments then. I, the, we do, I'm, I'm we that do person. as well. Yes. And we can be we can hold some signs for you. We will we will cheer you on on that race. So absolutely I, I can yeah, have I wine or beer, a meat snack and a donut. I feel like that's <laughs> a balance. <laughs> a meat snack and a donut. That's I don't perfect. know if I want those in the same sitting, but we'll, we'll, we'll just noodle on that. Protein and, and sugar. Just, Run 26 miles and you tell me how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing a full marathon or is it just a half? No, we're doing oh, the half. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did end up doing a second full and it actually was a lot of fun, but now I'm two and done. I thought I was one and done. I am two and done. Two and done. <laughs> Confirmed. Done. But you've done, done two, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah, I've done one half and I was done and I have no (laughs) desire, no drive to do another, but I've done it. And I feel like I've accomplished that. So truly one and done. One and done. I love it. I love it. I've also only done one 14 or one and done. Check it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been just an absolute pleasure. And yeah, thank you everybody that joined us today. We are just so honored to have 
people like Mary Jo and other people that have come on to share their stories. And hopefully it's inspiring you and hopefully that you're coming back for more and sharing our podcast. If you think somebody needs to hear the message that we've shared and go get a colonoscopy if you're 45 or older, please. Fabulous. Absolutely. Well, thank you all for joining us. If you would like more information about Reignite Resilience, check us out on our website, reigniteresilience.com. You can also find us on Facebook to see some of our happenings. And that is Reignite Resilience Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And if you are interested in becoming part of the Reignite Resilience VIP community, we'd love to have you. You can also find that on our website. And until next time, we'll see you all soon. Have a good one. guys. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Reignite Resilience. We hope that you had amazing ahas and takeaways. Remember to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, like it and download the upcoming episodes. And if you know anyone in your life that is looking to continue to ignite their resilience, share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on our future episodes. And until then, continue to reignite that fire within your hearts. 